And the man who feet this is such a dessert. Oh, that was a long one, wasn't it? Long one. Now, uh, terrible day for cases. 6,178. Is that right? 6,178 new cases today. Highest for four months. Third highest ever cases per day. And it's just going to go up and up and up and up. Is 10pm going to make a difference? Uh, You know, I don't think so at all. And already we've got uh, John Edmonds coming out strong on today, um, criticising the government. Uh, Don Raab couldn't really um, defend himself or his government against that. The man Raab. But you know one thing, I don't say much good about the government, but at least he answered the questions, which is a damn sight better than that old Bonson Johnson and all of the rest of them. So um, he's still, you know, Don Raab. So do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Anyway, um, just an appalling uh, set of affairs. So this is John Edmonds speaking earlier on the Today Show. I think that the measures in terms of closing bars an hour early and restaurants at 10, I mean, nobody goes to a restaurant after 10 anyway. I think that's fairly... um, trivial in terms of it have a very small impact of, uh, on the epidemic. Overall, I don't think that those, the measures have gone anywhere near far enough. In fact, I don't even think the measures in Scotland have gone far enough. So there he is there, very uh, clear in his criticism. And, um, you know, we're going to have to see where it goes, obviously, but it really does not look good that we're over 6,000 cases and it may, you know, go under 6,000 cases. Uh, but of course, what we do know is that the cases are nothing like the actual level of infection. And for that, we really need to consult the Zoe app.
there are 132,595 cases of um, symptomatic people with COVID-19 in the UK. And we do know that that is an estimate, but we also know that it's drawn from 4 million plus people. So it's the best estimate out there, um, far more than, you know, the people getting tested or anything like that. So, you know, what, what does that mean? Well, it means that we have to remember the basics and you've got a lot of agency, no matter where you're at, uh, in Britain or for that matter around the world, you have a lot of agency in terms of your own, um, you know, way that you conduct yourself. Uh, I was on a bus this morning and I had to start tweeting the bus company and shaming them into action because the windows are closed on the bus. Unbelievable. I got a tweet back, but then the bus I took this evening, all of the windows were closed, including one window I couldn't open. Luckily, it was a very short journey. But the window I tried to open just snapped back, and this other guy tried to open it, and it snapped back again. Snap back. So, you know, I did have a mask on, obviously, and it's a pretty good mask, the mask I've got. So hopefully I wasn't sat in a pool of... COVID-19 in the, in the air um, and uh, I came across this very peculiar person who I reported on Twitter not that, I mean I don't know whether that means anything but he essentially kind of trolls people that complains about um, bus companies <laughs> he was just, I'm, I'm reporting this thing to the bus company on Twitter and um some fucking idiot starts to pipe up, like starts slagging me off. What a fucking prick. So I told him to fuck off. And then he came back at me. What an unbelievable arsehole. Anyway, maybe a robot, but also a weird robot. Now, big story, and I'm going to do the link because it's, uh, it's, it's a long piece. Um, but it's really interesting, even for the uh, healthy contingent of... Um, listeners in the United States. Uh, in the last um, week or so, definitely last week, maybe the last two weeks, there's started to become a... You know you know that thing I said the other day about if there's a, a vacuum, then any old shit will fill the vacuum. Well, there's started to become a bit of a debate, if you can call it a debate, in Britain over the last uh, couple of days, a couple of weeks or so. Um, about this idea of you should, um, you know, just chill the people that need chilling and the rest of the um, population can just get on with their lives, get back to normal, never mind a new normal, just get back to normal and herd, herd immunity will uh, build up and that's the way that you get out of um, COVID-19. Now, you know, there are lots of reasons why you would disagree with that, and the vast majority of the scientific consensus around the world agree with that. As we all know, you know, we know that the the things that work is that you have to break the connections between yourself and other people, because this virus is alive in, you know, kind of like living human cells, you know. Um, so, you know, 
if you don't see anyone, if you wear a mask, if you socially distance from people, and if you are constantly, you know, anti-backing your hands or washing your hands and not touching your face, then you've got a pretty good chance of not getting the virus, okay? Um, If you take your mask off, don't worry about washing your hands, don't do social distancing, and if you're inside with no ventilation, then the virus is going to love that. That's exactly what the virus is looking for, and the virus is going to spread. So we all know this, yeah? And it really is no you know, debate about this. What's interesting is that Byline Times, Peter Jukes, a fantastic invest- investigative journalist and a couple of other very good journalists, over there, and I've, I'll put the link on the description for this thing, for this uh, episode. They have done a bit of a um, deep dive into this letter that was written a couple of, I think, it was last week. Um, yeah, like over the weekend, maybe Friday, sometime last week. Um, that basically proposed that thing of, you know, get the get the vulnerable people inside and get the shielders inside and um you know and 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 let let the virus just kind of take its course the idea being that you know it doesn't affect young people and you know which is bullshit yeah so i'm not arguing obviously you know what you know i bloody think about it so this this letter appeared in the um newspapers just published you know in the newspapers the spectator which is a right-wing uh, kind of like weekly news and politics magazine uh, did have kind of published a version of this letter as well, right? The Byline Time, the Byline Times, has uh, exposed all of the signatories to the letter, or so the main four signatories to the letter, the people that kind of like got the letter together, who all have, uh, to kind of greater or lesser degrees. A public profile as kind of you know experts in quotation marks around um, you know COVID nineteen. So often they're invited onto news uh, shows and you know they write uh, you know opinion pieces in newspapers and that kind of thing. Um, so basically, they've all got links to the government essentially, and they've all got links to. Um, Trump as well, unbelievably. I won't go into it, you know, in detail because it's quite a long, complex story. But that's the bottom line. The bottom line is that these people, I mean, one of them, for instance, is working as a consultant for the government, you know. I mean, not just tangential, you know, friend of a friend type stuff, but, you know, they are uh, active conservatives. They are actively employed by the um uh, you know the the government. They are their kind of you know research units in their universities are funded by people like you know high up in the U.S. government or the British government. I mean it's extraordinary. And now they're being promoted by this uh, nudge unit in number ten. And so it and it makes me wonder that clip that I played yesterday. It is, you know, it kind of makes me think about that in a different way. Now, you may remember last night, Boris Johnson said, and to all those people that say let it rip throughout 
the thingy. I say, no, that will not work. And I thought, oh, well, that's good. That's exactly what I want to hear. And you, you know, you know exactly what I thought because you heard last night's show, you know, the special emergency podcast or whatever called it. Um, but now it's insidious. It's insidious. I wonder whether they're thinking, yeah, we need to keep the economy going. We need to give them the, uh, the, 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 put them in a frame of mind whereby we are protecting people. But actually, what are we doing? Like John Edmonds, you've just heard him, like fucking 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock kicking out time. Is that really going to make much of a difference? I mean, I doubt it. We now know that, you know, the cases have, have risen sharply tonight. We'll see where that goes in the next couple of days and weeks, obviously. But I think it's only going to go one way. I, I really can't see this as, uh, you know, kind of putting a brakes on it in any big way at all. Or in fact, in any way at all, you know. So in one hand, he really is doing, Johnson, the sausage, really is doing as little as possible. But on the other hand, he's talking the talk, you know. He's saying, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not the herd immunity guy. No, that's not me. Whereas in, you know, as Sebald always tells us, you know, the truth lies elsewhere. And as I've repeatedly said, with Johnson more than any other of the fucking, you know, shysters and liars that we've had over the years, you know, uh, the truth lies elsewhere with Johnson. Yeah. So is it possible for him to say to the nation, uh, you know, those that say let it rip, um, well, these are the reasons why we can't let it rip. And, I, and, you know, even someone like me, as bloody cynical as I am, I think, oh, my God, how brilliant is it that he said that? So he says that to the nation. and But in reality, he's, uh, you know, kind of like in the shadows, if you like, to, to quote uh, Keir Starmer, uh, supporting a kind of essentially like a kind of public... Um, campaign like kind of promoting this campaign in the public that you can go down the herd immunity route you can um you know just kind of you know make sure that all the shielding people and the vulnerable people are safe which of course we're fucking not like you know they should they didn't say anything about shields yesterday do you know what i mean the researcher was wrong and i was right but um you know just get it in there in a subtle way and then, of course, and this is how the Byline Times uh, piece begins, in many people's minds, they then start to think, oh, no, but there is another way of looking at this, you know? And are they, are they softening us up for just, well, basically kind of doing nothing, you know? And they'll say, well, you know, it's always very important that we keep the pubs open. You know, of course we know. And the budget has been cancelled. And old um, Rishi Sunak is going to say something tomorrow about... Um, you know, kind of help for people that are going to be in the shit more because of the, like, very kind of the tiny restrictions that they put in, you know. Um, so, yeah, it is the kind of truth of that. There is no plan. I mean, we know that. There is no plan at all. No published plan anyway. Is the plan in the number 10 drawers, we'll just, like, you know, let it rip. Can they do that? I mean, is, is that, uh, is it possible for Boris Johnson to say one thing to 
the British public and to do something else in private. Well, let's think. (laughs) Oh my God, that's exactly what they're doing. Well, I don't know that, but, you know, read this piece if you're interested in this because it's really illuminating. And uh, it's real, you know, it's, well, Boris Johnson is a is a liar. He's sacked. I mean, if you don't know about Boris Johnson, you know, he was sacked twice for lying. Extraordinary. Sacked for lying. And even today, given in PMQs, which was a bit of a damn squib, I thought. Not that, you know, Kier was fine, but she said, you can't really, you know, get that far with Boris Johnson because he's just Mr. Bluster, do you know what I mean? And even today, Keir Starmer... Um, quoted Boris Johnson's words back to him and Boris Johnson said totally the opposite and you know so he just kind of lies every single day of his life you know so he might be lying about this now just quickly on herd immunity um, you need at least 65% at least well I mean nobody knows obviously with coronavirus and the highest it's got to so far is uh, some parts of South America, some cities, I think Mexico City maybe, um, are at uh, 40%. 40% you don't get herd immunity. 65%, according to Dr. John Campbell, that's what he thinks herd immunity might start to kick in. In Britain it's 8 Obviously that's the whole of Britain and there's lots of rural parts of Britain. So London is something like 17, I think. Um, New York is 23. So what I mean by that is that 23% of people in New York have had coronavirus. 17% of um, people in London have had coronavirus. And theoretically, at least, they're immune to it. But we also now know that immunity... Well, the, the science is starting to suggest that immunity doesn't stick around very long after you get coronavirus. There's also, Zoe Hyde today was saying that 11 confirmed cases of reinfection, and of those, I think four of them, the reinfection was worse than the first infection, you know? So this idea of, I mean, obviously, we could do, you know, talk for a long time about long COVID, we could talk for a long time about the many, many people that have died with no comorbidities in, and you know, under 30, under 20, children have died. It's rare, but it does happen, you know. So the, the argument against herd immunity is, well, there is no argument. I mean, that's the thing. That's the insidious thing about this uh, letter. And, of course, the fucking, you know, like the BBC again, like treating coronavirus like fucking climate change. You know what I mean? As if there were two opposing and equal um, opinions about it. You know what I mean? There are not two opposing and equal opinions about it. And it took them, you know, after decades of interviewing fucking Nigel Lawson about, you know, how climate change doesn't exist, the penny fucking dropped a couple of years ago with the BBC saying... Maybe it's not a good idea to get fucking climate deniers on the news, you know. But, hey, it's a new disease and, you know, everyone's interested in content. So if some fucking guy comes up with his stupid fucking letter that, like, serious, you know, 
academics and scientists are calling pseudoscience, pseudoscience, sorry, pseudoscience is that band from the 90s. Uh, Brett Butler. Was it Brett Butler? Pseudoscience? Um, Brett Butler, was that his name? Or is that Rhett Butler? Um, <laughs> is that his name, Brett Butler? Or am I getting two of them mixed up? Was it Brett? Was Brett the singer? They were good, weren't they? Remember them? Pseudoscience. Anyway, you know, pseudoscience, but you still can write your pieces for the Daily Mail. Obviously, the Telegraph are going to fucking cover anything, you know. So, um, yeah, something to think about. Anyway, I'm going to make this kind of shorty. Kind of shorty. So think of a lily. Think of the best lily you've ever seen. Now think of an orchid. Think of four different distinct types of orchid. Do it now. <laughs> the think of an orchid. Oh, it's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. Especially that bit that you kind of save until the last bit, you know, the bit that you eat at the end, you know. Uh, that's the best bit of the orchid, isn't it? The bit you eat at the end. One, two, three. Walk between the raindrops. Thank you ever so much for continuing to listen. The next episode is Friday. Um, So, you know, take care of yourselves and do everything you can in order to dodge this fucking thing. And, um, yeah, see you later.